on the first night of Hanukkah the Jets gave to me Zach Wilson's first road victory. After a month sidelined with a knee injury, the baby face of the franchise got a whole lot of help from his defense and the running game to a tune of a 21-14 win over the lousy Texans. The APB for John Franklin Myers after his $55 million contract extension is no longer out, and he got revenge for his inexcusable roughing the pass last week with a huge interception and a two-sack day in H-Town. The defense did their job, but Zach, eh, he was shaky. He clearly didn't look 100% out there. He was missing wide-open receivers. He made an inexcusable shovel pass attempt with Ty Johnson turned the other way that turned into a pick. Luckily, he came around a bit, made plays when he needed to, and even had a rushing touchdown on an RPO. In the end, a win is a win is a win is a win, and Coach Sal will also take his first career road win as a head coach, but the franchise QB has got to be better. He's got to develop. We'll give him this one because he just got back in the team one. But for these final six games, against some lousy teams, by the way, the Jets must see shades of the young quarterback they thought they were getting with the second pick in the draft. We're seeing it from Mac Jones and other rookie QBs. We need to see it from Zach, because this came against one of the worst teams in the NFL. It's only going to get harder from here, especially with five of those six games coming in cold weather conditions. Zach has got to come back and show us what he's made of. But for now... It's a victory Monday, baby. Let's light the menorah one time for the first QB and head coach road win of hopefully many more to come. Happy Hanukkah. What a bum. Look at the freaking scoreboard. You are not close. You play to win the game. Why can't the New York Jets ever have nice things? You're a Jets fan. You guys have to earn this stuff. You're going to have to suffer through another few years. I don't mean to sound like the get-off-my-lawn guy, but get off my freaking lawn with that. I forgot what it's like to win football games. I mean, you can't make it up with this team. Happy Victory Monday, Jake. Only for you guys would I do this. Only on Jags all here. We love it. So I was trying to tip the pass, but like, I'm going to just go get it. Just desperately need a touchdown, and they are in Walter. And I wasn't going to be denied. You know, it's going to be my first touchdown. Wilson, touchdown. He doesn't really dwell on the pass, and that something itself is legendary by him. The New York Jets finally get their first road win of the season. Great win. John Franklin Martin turned up. Oh, defense turned up. Zach, welcome back. It's a great feeling, man. Ooh, welcome back to a victory edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here alongside Brian Costello. That montage you just heard, courtesy of CBS, you heard Spiro Ditas on the call, the sounds of SNY, you heard John Franklin Myers, Elijah Moore, and the hero, Austin Walter. We'll get into him and everything in just a little bit. But first off, happy Hanukkah to all our Jewish listeners the first night. The Jets granted you a victory, the third win of the season in Houston. It wasn't pretty, 21-14, but the defense came to life. And it it takes one of the worst teams ever for it to happen. But you'll take it because a win is a win. And Zach Wilson came back, Kaj, and he was not great. He made the plays when he needed to. The first quarter and a half, it was nauseating to watch. And, you know, the tweets were being fired off. My whole timeline was Jets fans panicking. He was missing a lot of easy plays. You can clearly see the knee wasn't right. But in the end, John Franklin Myers, $55 million extension cause. 
And after that boneheaded roughing the passer last week, he came off hot. The interception off the tip, two sacks. He had a monster day, earned that check against a really bad team. It's nice to get in the victory column. Zach Wilson's first road win, Coach Salah's first road win, and uh, you head into a, a stretch of winnable games here. Good to have Zach Wilson back and get a victory. Yeah, Jake, I mean, we've talked about it a lot when we looked at the schedule and you kind of circled the Texans and said, all right, that's a game in the Jets' weight class, right, that they can win. There's a few others on the schedule coming up that are in that same category, and they took care of one today. It was ugly. The Texans are a terrible, terrible football team. At, at points, it looked like the Jets were looking in a mirror where they stopped the Jets, hold them to a field goal, and the guy gets a penalty for using leverage to jump off of a Jets player, and that extends a drive. You know, that was a Jetsian penalty there that the Texans Scott and then he jumped off sides and the next thing you know Zach's running into the end zone but like you said wins are so few for the Jets they can't really complain about style points right now it was nice to see John Franklin Myers do what he did I think he was beating himself up after last week after the roughing the passer penalty and you can see Franklin Myers when you know in the press conferences he's a smile he's always smiling he's always a happy guy he's a popular guy with his teammates and he's from Texas he had about 50 relatives and friends at the game, and he got two sacks and an interception. So it was a pretty nice performance. In terms of Zach, yeah, I mean, he did nothing to give you confidence uh, that you know he's going to finish strong here. Uh, I thought we'd see more from him. I expected him to come back from the four weeks off playing a little bit better, a little smarter. The interception was inexcusable. Flipping it when Ty Johnson's back was turned was just a terrible decision. Uh, I thought Michael LaFleur helped him on the two drives, the two t- the drive before halftime, drive after halftime. I thought LaFleur did a good job of giving him some short throws, leaning on the running game. I think that's a big positive you have to take away from this game, Jake, is the Jets opened some holes. The offensive line did a good job. And even without Michael Carter, they had 157 yards rushing their season high. The defense played really well after uh, giving up 14 points. They they didn't give up another point the rest of the game. For two and a half quarters, they shut the Texans down. The Texans had 45 total yards in the second half. So it was a pretty dominant performance by this defense, which, you know, you can say, oh, I mean, Texans offense is terrible. Well, guess what? The Jets defense has been terrible. <laughs> so this was a positive step and something we were looking for when they were giving up 45 points a game a few weeks ago. Said, okay, they have to figure this out, stop the bleeding and get better and give Salah and, and Jeff Ulbrich credit. They they've done that they've whatever they're doing is working with the defense and they've made some adjustments and the defense has played better here uh in the last two weeks and that's a huge positive for them yeah the the running game was big this was a team victory you know you got it from walter you got it from coleman you got it from johnson you know without michael carter and who's gonna miss it says three weeks i think they're probably gonna take it slow cause at least three yeah at least three yeah i mean i won't be back till after christmas at this i mean maybe the week after high ankles are tricky yeah he could be a while so yeah, yeah. Be wild for Carter. So it was encouraging to see them do well without him and, and they established that run game and Austin Walter will play some quotes, you know, from him. Just seems like a great guy. But let's start with Zach. Uh, let's cue up the sound here, Cameron, of, of Zach talking about his knee because you guys asked him after and, and he was critical of you know of his knee and his play. But let let's hear what he had to say about his knee, courtesy of SMY. Yeah, and, and that was something I knew coming in is, you know, I think it happened earlier in the game as well when I, when I you know, ran the keeper and threw it away is, you know, it's going to do that sometimes. You know, it's not fully healed, and, and we understand that, you know, but I feel good to play, and so that's why I'm playing. And, and I understand that, you know, sometimes it's going to shift and, you know, stretch it a little bit, but there's no 
damage that can come from that. So you just got to walk it off and move on. And you know, I still got to I still got to throw that ball away. You know, I kind of just I let it affect me right there, and I got to just uh, you know find a way to get that ball out of my hands. I think it's good that he's critical of his errors and knows he's got to be better. Do you like that he did that and said that? Because you know, some people might say, "Oh, he's making excuses." Yeah, I thought it was fine, Jake, because it came up because you could see him limping. It wasn't like he pulled that out of thin air. Like you, you saw that he was in pain. I think the fans remember he scrambled around by the end zone, came out of the end zone, and it was actually a sack. He ran out of bounds. It was a three-yard sack. And then you could see him limping to the sideline. The doctors were looking at him on the bench. Josh Johnson started warming up. So it's not like he's just invented this. You could see that he's really in a lot, he was in some pain. I, I was surprised because uh, I thought, you know, he was 100%. And he said the knee's not 100%. And it sounds like this is something they told him he's just going to have to deal with for the rest of the season. And then he's kind of getting to get weak at points and feel like it's unstable, uh, which is going to be disconcerting for anyone, I would think. Uh, so curious to see what Sala says about that. I, I got a feeling he's not going to be happy that Zach revealed that. So it'll be interesting to see what he says tomorrow. We talked to Sala before Zach today, so we didn't get to ask him about what Zach had said. I think I don't think it's an excuse, Jake. I mean, he said, you know, he's not making any excuses in the beginning because someone asked him, too, if he was rusty after the four weeks off. And he said, you know, no, he's not going to say that. I like Zach's postgame demeanor. I think he, he takes a lot of accountability. Uh, he's he's pretty honest. Yeah, and you know, even Josh Johnson got his chance on the two point conversion. And we thought, you know, when he did go to the sidelines there, oh boy, here we go again, back to the backups, and there's no one else because COVID is Flacco, COVID is Mike White. I mean, you bring Joe Flacco here, and, and and COVID happens. I mean, you can't make it up. How about that? Like, I mean, you cover this team, and, and you see all these storylines. But what about that story where both of them? I mean, it, Wilson's back, and then boom, these guys are on the COVID list. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a little numb to these stories, Jake, with the Jets. I, 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 it was, it just was kind of like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. That this, this Jet season with all the quarterback stuff. Yeah, I mean, this all, it speaks to the trade too, Jake. Which I mean, I know we've talked about this Flacco trade ad nauseum i'm not as crazy about the six round pick as some people are like i kind of with them like it's not giving up a six round pick's not a big deal it's just like trading for an unvaccinated player at that position is so risky remember like remember jake last year and this is pre-vaccine but we were talking about like should teams stash a player like a quarterback a quarantine quarterback that doesn't come to the meetings and like isn't in the building. And like the Eagles actually did it with our buddy, Josh McCown. They had him in Texas, remember? And like, he was home. He was on the Eagles practice squad, but he didn't practice with the team. Cause this is what you were worried about, right? That they can, they come in and and infect the, the, the quarterback room. And so Mike White gets it. And then Joe Flacco being a close contact who's unvaccinated has to basically miss the week. So yeah, I mean, it just, that, that trade keeps getting, uh, looks looking worse and worse, Jake. Yeah. In front of the pro, Program, Josh McCown, who is expected to be on the next episode of Gangs All Heroes, which makes him a true friend of the program because he will have two appearances on the show. As I am in my mom's right next to her room where she teaches in her scrapbook room, you know, surrounded by pictures of I have a coaster here with my throat coatee of me with glasses as like a 13 year old, like Bar Mitzvah Jake, Mr. Mordecai, uh, as I drink my throat coat here on the first night of Hanukkah. And uh, Josh McCann will be on. So so good timing down there. But, yeah, just a bizarre situation there. But bizarre situation that Austin Walter, and I tweeted the gif, you know, Snoop Dogg saying, who? This guy coming in had one rush for three yards, one catch for 27 in 2020 for the 49ers. He had no touchdowns. He gives all credit to his mama for that touchdown. Let's hear what Walter had to say after the game. 
Well, it was um, inside zone, and I could see the defense. They were slanting in, doing um, a pirate concept, and I just knew, hey, you know, just hit it off the, the guard's block, and it'll be right there. And I wasn't going to be denied. You know, it was going to be my first touchdown. My mom said yesterday she could feel it. She could feel that I was going to score today. And, you know, a mother's intuition, a mother always knows best. It is true, guys. You know, that is a way of life. Mother always knows best indeed. And uh, another great quote he had, let's cue it up, Cameron, of, you know, his dad who passed away still being with him and him having a great view. This was awesome hearing this. I lost my father. Uh, I want to say... 20 i graduated 29 probably 2017 it was right before we went to australia when i was at rice so it was around that time period and i know that he had the best seat in the house i know if he was right here he'll be smiling from ear to ear he'll just be so proud of me he'll be bragging to all of his friends you know and at the end of the day he's the one that allowed me to get to his position so i know he's in heaven looking down like hey you know my hard work paid off Guys, you love to hear these kind of stories because there's a lot of, I guess you could say majority of the league is these kind of guys, guys who play arena football, played in another league, practice squad were cut. So for him to get his chance and get a touchdown and play a role for his team, you know, a team that might need him in the next few weeks with Michael Carter out was pretty awesome. And I, I love to, uh, you know, hear what he had to say to you guys after the game. Yeah, and he did in his hometown, Jake, right? He's from here. He went to Rice University, which is in Houston. So like he was talking about how he knew people in the stadium that worked in the stadium were like people that were here that he knew from Rice. And so that that was cool too. And you're right. The majority of guys in the NFL are Austin Walter, right? They're guys who just who don't get a lot of chances, weren't high draft picks. Uh, and he made the most of his opportunity. He was a guy who, Jake, he, he was really good in training camp. He stood out in training camp and then uh, he had an injury. He was on the practice squad. Uh, but like you knew the coaching staff liked him from San Francisco. You know, yesterday they elevated him from the practice squad on Saturday. I should say they elevated him from the practice squad. You know, that made LaMichael Pirine inactive, right? A draft pick from last year. So that shows you what they think of Walter, that he's, he's, he got the nod over Pirine in this game. And you could see his burst. Uh, he's very sudden. He's quick. And that's what this coaching staff loves. A fun story to see him do what he did on Sunday. Yeah. And I hope he gets more chance. And, and luckily for him, he's got to pay for tickets. It, it's like 50 tickets for $49, a dollar a ticket. I mean, was that place pretty, what was the energy? Was it dead in there? Yeah, it was dead. Yeah, it was dead. It was about <laughs> half, probably half full, maybe. I think they announced it as like 60,000. There, there was probably 30,000 people there. It was it was dead. I mean, it was there was no one tailgating outside. That kind of stood out to me. Like, even when I go to MetLife and it's, you know, the jets are bad and there's not a lot of people there. You In the parking lot, there's still a lot of people tailgating. I think half of them don't ever go in the stadium. But there weren't even tailgaters at this one, Jake. There, there was just like nobody. It was... I, someone, I forget, one of the other reporters was saying uh, they took a taxi there or an Uber and the person's like, oh, is there a game today? <laughs> it's like they, they didn't even know. And like, look, I've covered some Texans playoff games through the years. And like, you know, they, they, I was looking at the banners up on the ceiling. They've won a lot of division titles in the last decade. And it, it's kind of sad to see what they've become. And just this, like, what a bizarre story they've been with Deshaun Watson and everything. But they are a very, very bad football team right now. I will say there were some people that were tailgating there were jets fans tailgating shout out to jake Asman, who is a loyal listener of the gangs all here podcast he does a radio show in houston i believe on sports map radio he was there with jets fans tailgating there's apparently an instagram of houston jets fans it's like a whole account 
of Jets fans that collaborate in Houston. And when they play each other, they go. So maybe half the stadium was them. Poor small business in Houston. The Texans stink. The Rockets stink. They lost James Harden, who put all the you know all of his money into local business strip clubs in Houston. So they lose all that. They're losing a lot of money in Houston. But there is the Astros good are good. The, the Astros, Astros are, are good. good. They, they they cheated, but <laughs> they're good. They're still a good team. Who knows who stays and who goes there with Carlos Correa? As I'm refreshing Twitter every two seconds, to see if the Mets sign Max Scherzer or not. But there is good news to come out of the game, and you you say the spread. In the Houston press box was good, and I I waited for the show for you to tell me. So tell me the spread. The food itself, they had they had chicken, they had steak, they had garlic rice, Jake, which was very good. So the food was good, right? But then the desserts were ridiculous. Have you ever heard of Voodoo Donuts, Jake? Voodoo Donuts. That's Andrew's nodding his head. What 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 is a Voodoo Donut? There, it's on Food Network all the time. Like it actually was based in Portland. And now they, they've spread out. So they had voodoo donuts. So they did have, I can't go too far here. I won't tell you what I, what I, I stayed away from the donuts, Jake, of course. No, I, Dr. I Corleone it. knows that you <laughs> ate the voodoo donuts. <laughs> How's a maple donut, Jake, with strips of bacon on the top of it sound? Oh you? my God. It's I'm aroused. <laughs> I mean, that sounds unbelievable. <laughs> Can you repeat what were the t- the ingredients? What was that again? A maple. So it's a maple glazed donut with strips of bacon on it. I believe Connor Hughes may have tweeted a photo. The one Rich Tamini was eating, not me. So they just had tons of desserts, and it was quite a spread, Jake. It, it was it was impressive, a quite impressive display by the Houston Texans press box today. Yeah, Cameron sent me a picture of this voodoo donut. Oh my goodness, some of these just look just uh, ridiculous. Food yes. porn USA. My this one yeah. with like fruit loops on it yes that is yeah. oh my goodness well i know i'm yeah. getting credentialed to houston next year uh, <laughs> i don't all oh, the jets don't play in houston do the Gi- can we look at the future schedule see if the giants play in houston next year i i've never been to texas so now i will need to go for these voodoo don't well yeah well the dallas press box the, da- the cowboys press box has the best food in the league them and the bucks are like one two but texas had a top five performance today well i guess they have to because they have a bottom five football team so they have, they to, have bring to be good up, at something. Yeah, yeah, they're like, we have to subject our media to watch this garbage franchise every week here. Let's give them voodoo donuts. And, you know, it works. I mean, I, I'd be there every week. No wonder why my buddy Jake covers those games. I didn't realize the spread. He has posted some of the spread, and I see some of it's good, but I've never seen these donuts. So I'm going to have to uh, do some uh, research on this. What is your thanks? We, we asked Ian O'Connor later his Thanksgiving hot take. What is your Thanksgiving food hot take? Cranberry sauce should just be fired off into the sun. That would be my – I'm not a cranberry sauce guy, although I, my family loves it, but I am not a cranberry sauce person. So that would be my hot take on that. Not not close to Ian's hot take, which will come up later, but, yeah, that would be mine. I, I meant that – what did you think of the Mets – were you happy Friday night when the Mets made all the moves? Or are you a little concerned that these yeah, guys are all was, 32 years old? I was at the movies seeing King Richard. Very good movie, by the way. A must-see. You know, Will Smith about Venus and Serena. Very good. I, I missed movie theater popcorn very much. That was uh, my favorite. I may have to go to Dr. Orle- Orle- Corleone. <laughs> my cholesterol after all the shrimp I had Thursday and all the popcorn with butter I had Friday. And everything else I ate this weekend down here in South Carolina uh, is through the roof. I loved it. You know, I, I think two of the three names aren't getting you that excited, but I have wanted Starling Marte in a Mets uniform for years. He stole 47 bases last year. He hits 300. He's going to be at the top of the order with Nimmo. He plays defense. He could play center field. 
So that's great. Canna, you know, and Escobar are, are depth signings. Escobar is coming off an all-star season. Canna will probably be a third, fourth outfielder. So I don't think those are going to be everyday guys, but Starling Marte, whew, what a day. Now it's time to get pitching. By the time this drops, the Mets might have, you know, Max Scherzer and, and Marcus Stroman or, or someone else. But you'll hear that on an emergency episode potentially Monday oh, of the Amazing But True oh. podcast with me and Nelson Figueroa. Well, I like enough. I like Appler. I like Appler, Jake. I'll say that. Appler was the assistant GM when I covered the Yankees. Do you have some and insight Billy, on, on Billy Appler. was a smart he's just he's a really, really smart guy. And I just always enjoy talking to Billy. You could tell then that this guy was gonna be he was gonna like he was gonna be a GM pretty quickly in, in MLB, and I know his tenure in the Angels, you know, wasn't great, but I I think he's a smart guy, and uh, I think he'll probably do well with the Mets. Look at that! You get Mets insight here on Gangs All Here from Cos. We we have it all. We cover donuts, Jets, Mets, food. We will tell you that. Can you just cut Matt Amendola too? You know, let me end. end I, you, I was that. waiting. I thought you were gonna oh, lead man. with that, Jake. I thought it was gonna come. I thought we were gonna come on and be like, the Jets won. But what the heck is Amendola still doing on the team? We get rid of this guy. And my goodness, you cut more stead and, and Braden Man kicks a punt, you know, less yards than I did outside yards. my house when oh, I played on play Jake, football. Joe, Jake, I mean, can I tell you? Can I tell you? So I looked down and got the binoculars. Braden Man's from Texas, Texas A&M. His four grandparents are there in like the second row with their Braden Man jerseys on. So cute and wonderful, the four grandparents, and then he boots a 29-yard punt. I'm like, uh, I bet Jets fans are screaming at his grandparents right now in that section, you know, so. Did you zoom the binoculars on the grandparents to see if they had a face palm moment at all or no? <laughs> no, I, I did not. I was just... I just hope there weren't many Jets fans around them to scream at them about how, how their grandson is terrible. This guy was the best player on the team last year, and now he's garbage. I mean, what a turn of events. Special teams. I mean, good. can we bring the gang back together? Let's get Jason Myers back here. Let's get Andre Roberts back here and call it a day. I mean, just, I mean they had kickers trying out last week, and I guess none of them impressed them more than Matt Amendola does. Well, they signed the one guy for the practice squad. I expect him to be the kicker next week. Okay, so, new kicker yeah. next week. Oh, <laughs> we got a big podcast coming up next week. New kickers. We got Josh McCown. But coming up next on Gangs All Here as we rejoice to a Jets victory and rejoice to Tuesday me coming back to New York. My God, is it boring down here in the South. I'm sorry to our Southern listeners, but New York is the king of the castle. There's always something to do here. It's like, all right, let me look at StubHub, see what events. There's like one event every three weeks. It's like come to a concert December 14th. I'm like, I'm not here. So uh, I can't wait to be back in New York, although I did hear that it it snowed a little bit. There were some flurries on Sunday. So uh, not looking forward to the freezing cold, but glad to be back in New York and the food. I'll say bye to Bowtime. I'll say bye to Chick-fil-A. And we'll say hello to Ian O'Connor next here on Gangs All Here. I can see the future. I'm rubbing this uh, genie in a bottle. All right. Joining us now for the first time on Gangs All Here, welcome to the show, the New York Post own columnist who covered the game, Ian O'Connor. He's also the author of three New York Times bestsellers and his new book, Coach K, The Rise and Reign of Mike Shevsky, one of the toughest names to say in sports, will be coming out in February. Ian, welcome to Gangs All Here. Jake Brown, Brian Costello. Um, An ugly win, but a win is a win is a win, I guess. Uh, What's your overall thoughts here as we uh, talk Jets-Texans? Well, thanks, Jake. And and yeah, a win is a win is a win, particularly when you're two and eight going into that win. It was ugly, but half the games in the NFL are, are pretty ugly. You just have to find ways to win them. I know it's a cliche, but it's true. And 
I just think with Zach Wilson coming back, having not played in close to five weeks, that it was important to him to, after watching Mike White and Johnson and Flacco, to have, have shown some, some progress here, maybe show a little bit of what he learned as far as being more efficient. It was a mixed bag in that context because he even said himself afterward that he was frustrated with his own performance. Now, what was interesting to me is he mentioned that his knee still is not fully healed, and he felt the effects of that in a couple of occasions during the game. I actually was impressed with him after the brutal start on a couple of of different levels. One, the fact that with that bad knee, he was willing at the four-yard line to fake that handoff and go outside, break a couple of ankles, and dive into the end zone. To see that athleticism again on one healthy wheel, I thought was impressive. Also, his grit just getting into the end zone there. Just to overcome some adversity in that game, completing the pass on fourth and five, I thought was big, even though that wasn't the prettiest pass you're ever going to see. It got the job done. So this whole season is about Zach Wilson. He won a game. He won his first game on the road. It was really ugly, but I think that's okay. And I also saw some other instances of the team fighting for Robert Sala, which I, which I thought was a good sign. Ian, I, I mean, I, I thought Zach made a few good throws, but overall, yeah, I thought he looked like the same guy from before the injury. I don't know. I was expecting to see a little bit more from him today. Just the offense uh, has really been rolling in these last few weeks when Zach hasn't been in there, and it kind of went back to what it was today with, I think, like they had 109 passing yards in the game. Did you think he was going to play better today after the break? Did you expect to see more from him, or, or did you kind of think we'd see a run the performance from him and, and kind of the struggles that he had. I thought it would be a little better than this, and particularly on some of the short throws that were inexplicable in how he missed on them. And I thought that just watching the other quarterbacks play, he would see the importance of making those short throws that, that moved the chains. And, and I was perplexed as to how bad he was sometimes on, on those passes. But he showed to me a fair amount of, of grit. I thought that after he hobbled off the field, he avoided the safety on that rollout to the left in the fourth quarter, goes out of bounds. It's clearly his knee is hurting him. He sits down. He's got an alarmed look on his face. He's got the medical staff around him. I was curious as to whether or not he would continue on because at that point, had he stopped and said, I don't think it's a good idea for me to play anymore, I don't think anybody could blame him. He's looking at his entire career in front of him. He's got a bad knee. He says it clearly is not fully healed. So the fact that he went back into the game, made a couple of plays, and showed a lot of grit and determination in finding a way to win, I still took it as more of a positive than a negative, though I agree with your assessment that it did drag the offense back to when Zach was playing through that uh, Patriots game and, and when things looked erratic and just sort of inconsistent and all over the place. I suspect that, particularly looking at the schedule, the next four games, I think they'll lose the last two games for obvious reasons, but I think they can win two, maybe even three of the next four. And I think that's where Wilson, now that he's got this one game back under his belt and got a win on the road, granted it was against a bad team, that bad team did beat Tennessee last week, show a little bit more confidence, a little bit more precision on those short passes and, and show development. I think that just as finding a way to win the game, to me, I would mark it more of a positive than a negative, though I think the grade is probably no better than a C plus. Yeah, and I think if they lose this game, Ian, there's a lot more panic because me as a Jets fan watching this game for a lot of it, I'm like, how'd he miss that throw? How'd he miss that throw? I mean, there were some he threw behind. He overthrew, you know, the shovel pass interception was just pure inexcusable. You just can't do that. 
it was nice to see him get a rushing touchdown, but if they lose, it's a, it's a different you know scenario. Jets fans here are looking at guys like Mac Jones, light it up. He's got the first place Patriots. You know, he's picked way after Zach Wilson. So is it fair for Jets fans to be in panic mode with Zach Wilson? Or was this just a, all right, let's get his legs fresh and, and see, you know, a couple of weeks before we start to panic here? What's funny, and I think uh, Brian can, he probably doesn't remember, but on draft night, I wrote a column after Belichick took Mac Jones at 15 saying, wouldn't it just be special if Mac Jones turns out to be a better quarterback than Zach Wilson and Belichick goes on a run again in the division with a different quarterback? And at least so far, it's played out that way. But we'll see long term. Zach Wilson clearly is, is more athletic, can make more dynamic plays than Mac Jones. But who cares? Mac Jones is finding efficient ways to, to win games and is playing within himself in a system that is tailor-made for him. He's got the greatest coach of all time on his side. Zach Wilson has a rookie head coach and a rookie coordinator. He's got a roster that isn't nearly as good as the Patriots roster to to work with. So let's see where that comparison is after two or three seasons. I thought Mike LaFleur had a really good game today in a in a game where they didn't roll up a lot of yards, but like the two drives, the one before halftime and then the first one in the third quarter, I thought were were just he called perfectly because it was clear Zach was struggling. Then he comes to the drive before halftime. He calls a, like a little five yard out to Jamison Crowder. Then he does the push pass to Elijah Moore, which gets the ball in Elijah Moore's hands, which they needed to do. He calls a screen pass. And then after the, after halftime, it's a ton of runs on that, that drive. He did dial up a couple of, you know, not too deep, 22 yards to Elijah Moore, 16 yards to Elijah Moore. I was really down on Michael Fleur about five weeks ago, six weeks ago, but I think he's really coming into his own as a play caller. What what did you think, Ian, of the way the LaFleur called the game today? <laughs> I think you were not the only one who was really down on Mike LaFleur. He does seem to be improving. It's funny that moving upstairs, giving him a different view. Of course, he had different quarterbacks to work with than Zach Wilson. It's like as soon as he got away from Zach and as soon as he went upstairs, he got a lot smarter. It was like he was Bill Walsh all of a sudden as an offensive, well, I don't want to call him an offensive genius, but who knows, down the road. As Robert Sala said, hypothetically, he could be the next Vince Lombardi. Uh, but yeah, I think he did call a, a good game. Obviously, you look at the, the, the running production, the rushing production at 100 and what, 157 yards, I believe, without Carter in there. And you look at some of the guys who contributed, Walter, a practice squad guy who I think was on the Dallas Renegades a couple of years ago, and, and Coleman and Ty Johnson, those guys were all very productive. Without his top receiver, still found a way to, to make the offense work just enough to beat the team. Granted, it was a 2-18, and 18, but again, it was a team that beat Tennessee last week. So uh, LaFleur was, I thought, pretty creative. What, what was interesting to me, Jake and Brian, I think you would agree that Allah, who probably had very little, if any, confidence in LaFleur at a different part of this season, on that fourth down when LaFleur lobbied and said he was adamant he had a play that would work and he took the field goal unit off the field and then ran that play and it did work. So Salah showing some confidence in his offensive coordinator. His offensive coordinator showing some courage, at least in a sports context, to, to be that, to have that much, I guess, faith in himself that he could get the first down there. And then they actually did pull it off. I thought that was a pretty positive sign, too. Do you think the Jets could end up winning six games? I know the fans and everyone, we want to look ahead to the schedule and be like, oh, those here you we, can win that game. You can win that go. game. Here well, we go. Listen, I don't think that, but that's just what people do. You look at the you schedule. You want the playoff machine, Jake? You're going to get the playoff no, machine? Uh, listen, playoff machine out? Figure it out? The, the Thanksgiving gravy didn't get to me that much, guys, where I'm going to say playoff machine. But people think, hey, maybe they could go 6-11 and 11 here. 
do you look at the schedule here and think six wins or, or are you uh are you gonna give me the political answer and say you're gonna take it week by week ian no i i think probably i i predicted if i remember correctly five and 12 at the start of the season i think that's where it's going to end up so uh let's play the win-loss game they're three and eight so i i got them winning next week so four and eight i think they lose to the saints four and nine lose to the dolphins on the road four and ten beat jacksonville five and ten lose to tom brady five and eleven lose to buffalo five and twelve i think five and twelve you can kind of live with that as long as wilson shows progress starts hitting some of these shorter passes and shows that he's clearly grasping some of these concepts that mac jones is already in total command of in new england that's going to be the quarterback along with Josh Allen, he's going to have to beat over the next, say, 10 years. And, man, he's got a lot of ground to make up. So we'll see if he can take some baby steps in the right direction over these final six weeks. Now, I think they'll win two, maybe three of these final games, and that would be it. Beating the Eagles next week, huh? You you do know the Jets have never defeated the Philadelphia Eagles in a regular season football game. <laughs> <laughs> I Never. did not know that. Yes. How many times <laughs> How many have they played them? Right. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's not like you know. They don't. It's not like the Miami Dolphins. They don't play them twice a year. So it's not. It's not a ton. But they played them since the seventies. So do I got to get tickets to history next week at MetLife? <laughs> Could I see history? The cold December day and the Jets beat the Eagles for the first time ever. I'll put that ticket hanging on my wall when the Jets won uh, their fourth game of the year. I think the Jacksonville game the day after Christmas against uh, Trevor Lawrence. That's going to be a huge game for, for Zach Wilson to beat him. Now, you look next week to me, Jalen Hurts is what, the second round quarterback. Zach Wilson should beat him. Daniel Jones found a way to beat him today. So then he's got Trevor Simeon, very beatable. Yeah. Or Taysom Hill. Or Mr. Steal Your Money, Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill probably give you there, yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, then you got Tua. Again, a winnable game, though on the road. They probably won't win that game, but it is winnable. They've won Jackson four in a row, the Dolphins, yeah. I think at home you should beat Urban Meyer. Uh, that, to me, is a win. And then, of course, when you got Tom Brady and the defending <laughs> champs and then Buffalo on the road, that's going to be a tough way to close it out. That Bucks game could be historically ugly because not only are you going to have Tom Brady, which the, hey, the Jets defense played well today against Tyrod Taylor and the Texans. going to be a different story with Tom Brady. Todd Bowles is going to be out for blood that day, and he is going to blitz the crap out of Mr. Wilson. I know Todd, I know how much players love Todd, and his players are going to want to embarrass the Jets to help to, to do it for Todd. And, and that's going to be – and Steve McClendon's on that defense, so he knows what that game means to, to Todd Bowles, and Todd's going to downplay it. But that game could be really, 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 really ugly if the Bucks still need it. They might have some, some playoff – first wrapped up by then and i think if i'm not mistaken tom brady has publicly said he's only said this about one team ever that he hates he hates the jets i don't think i've ever heard him say that about another opponent so if he has an opportunity grant he has an opportunity to ring up 350 400 yards i think he'll take it and this could be the last time he ever plays the jets you know unless he's still there in four years when they play again uh, which i guess i wouldn't i won't discount at this time who knows with the TB12 and, and the vegan and the plant-based foods? He might play until he's 74. I mean, I don't even know anymore. He's going to be in a wheelchair winning Super Bowls. It, it's absurd. Uh, hopefully, hey, if I'm in my fantasy championship and Leonard Fournette's playing like he did uh, on Sunday, I would be gladly uh, take that game. Ian O'Connor, how are you enjoying your time at the New York Post? How long has it been now? Has it been a year? Are you in a six-month uh, anniversary? No, it's only been eight months. 
And so far, so good. It's been great. Just working with people like Brian, really pros, pros all across the board. Arguably the best section in the country, best sports section in the country. I've had a blast. It's been fun being back in New York as a columnist. I did it for a long time at, at some different places. But Post is, is really, it's an unbelievable section when you look at the quality of writing and reporting again, across the board. And uh, and the people that you get a chance to work with have been really supportive and at the, the top of the industry. So these eight months have been uh, terrific. It's been a little tough early on because I was finishing my Coach K book. When you're starting a new job and finishing a book, that's a bad combination. So it was a rough first month, six weeks, but that's behind me now, and, and so hopefully it's uh, smooth sailing from here. Yeah, Jake, rooting rooting for Duke is not something I do. Like, I, I hate Duke from back in the day, or late in their days and early days, like when I was growing up. But I'll root for Duke this year for Ian's book, to, you know, because <laughs> that, that'll help his book. They are at least good enough to win the whole thing. We'll see if they can pull it off. As someone who's rooted for Maryland, I can also say that I have hated Duke uh, for most of my life. And Ian O'Connor, you mentioned the reporting, you know, the – your colleagues, you also have the critically acclaimed podcasting here at the New York Post with me, of course. Uh, so you can't forget that as well. Ian's book will come out in February. You can read his stories in the Post, nypost.com, Post Sports Plus, Ian underscore O'Connor on Twitter. How about we close out with this? Your one Thanksgiving food hot take. <laughs> My Thanksgiving food hot. It sounds like a Rex Ryan question. I'm, I hate, I'm not, I, I don't like turnips. I actually prefer, to be honest with you, if somebody just rolled out a pizza for Thanksgiving, I would be happy. Wow. Uh, although I'm fine with the usual offerings. I could eat pizza every night of the week, every season, every week, every month of the year. If I were celebrating Thanksgiving alone, and thankfully I, I don't have to do that, I probably would order a pizza. Wow. Our lactose intolerant listeners are, are heading to their toilets right now at the thought of eating a pizza Every night. So I, I'll say this. I think turkey is overrated, and it, it is a statement that it's like the only time all year we eat turkey besides a sandwich is Thanksgiving. So there is a lot of overhype around turkey and stuffing, I think. And cranberry sauce, not needed. I mean, throw it out. I don't think that's a need either. So, all right, pizza over turkey. There it is, Ian O'Connor's Thanksgiving hot take. Thanks for coming on, Ian. Hey, guys, thanks for having me on. Let me eat my goddamn turkey first. My goodness. All righty, that says adios to episode 87, the Lavernius Coles edition of Gangs All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Andrew Hartz, and to the intern out of Syracuse, Cameron Ezere, for helping me produce the show. Thanksgiving, man, I ate so much food, Hartz, that I was already gaining weight. I think I've gained about another 10 pounds on top of it. And on top of Thanksgiving, I'm about the 12th or 13th wheel. I was the only person. My girlfriend was the brisket and the uh, latkes tonight. Thanksgiving really tells you that when you're single you probably in the next year should maybe get in a relationship you're definitely not wrong there but you know what there's a lot worse things you could be dating or being in a relationship with and the fact that you had something that tasted good uh that it's not going to judge you when you do put on those extra 15 20 pounds of holiday weight so it could be a lot worse Jake. that's a good way to put it there's no one to judge my obesity there's no one to judge my bmi being in the obese category which allowed me to get the vaccine and i will be getting boosted in the coming weeks so uh much like you know the evil character in jingle all the way booster i will be getting the booster soon as well you, have you seen that movie you've seen jingle all the way of course
course, I, there's, there's not too many podcasts where you're going to get a jingle all the way reference with oh, this uh, Sinbad and Arnold. This is why we're number one. Number, number one. one. We, you know, number one Christmas movie. Jingle all the way. He's in my house, eating my cookies, decorating my tree. Put that cookie down. Well, you have to tell me sometimes. I had to put a few cookies down as well after Thanksgiving. And I had about 34 pieces of shrimp cocktail. I mean, that is my favorite part. My brother's wife's mom brought the shrimp. And as soon as she got there, was gone in about 69 seconds. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts, please. We appreciate your support. For Brian Costello, Andrew Hartz, Cameron Izaire, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Thursday to preview the Jets Eagles at MetLife Stadium. The Eagles, lucky them. They get to do a bus ride back to Philly, get a cheesesteak, recover from their lousy game against the Giants. Maybe they'll have back-to-back lousy games at MetLife Stadium. Let's hope for that. Take flight. Let's go, Jets. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. Happy Hanukkah to all the fellow Jewish people out there. And we'll talk to you all on Thursday. Peace.